he would just be like halfway through like a, a bottle of red wine and just like by himself on the couch just chilling i'd be like dude what's up he's like oh, i don't know just having some wine and then we would drink together and then we would order some food at like one in the morning and then we'd wake up the next day and be like damn we gotta go back to the gym And uh, welcome to another episode of Jackson Talks, everybody. Um, with me, your host, Jackson Stone. And <clears throat> I got a really cool uh, guest today. We've actually never met in person, I don't think. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I don't think we have. But anyways, we have a ton of mutual friends, um, one being uh, Wheeler Yuda. Um, but we'll talk about him a little bit later. Um, but I'm pumped to, uh, to get to know this person. Uh, it, I think it's safe to say he's probably the, the hottest independent professional wrestler, like, on the planet right now, considering, you know, there's not a lot of wrestling going on, but he's uh, been able to make a name for himself and stand out uh, in 2020 and hopefully in 2021 as well. Um, yeah, but I'm joined by Lee Moriarty. What's up, dude? What's up? How are you? Uh, I'm super good. Super good. Thanks for doing this. Uh, appreciate you taking the time out. Anytime, of course. <laughs> um. So on this show, we, uh, we usually start this, this podcast with a very specific question. Um, I think it's an extremely deep question, but also a question that's used um, in some terms just to say hi. Um, but I think it holds a lot of weight, especially right now, considering everything that's happening in the world, um, good and bad. Um, so I'm asking you, uh, how are you doing, like for real? I'm doing pretty good. Even with everything that went on last year, I felt like I was always able to stay pretty positive and focused. And I think personally, 2020 was the best year of my life. Yeah, that's interesting. Because I have, I have some of the same feelings about 2020. Like, some really good shit happened to me. Um, and do you have the same kind of feelings of like, do you ever feel guilty about having a really good 2020 when so many had it bad yeah a little bit like i try not to talk about it too much or say like 2020 was the best year of my life because i know a lot of people had a very difficult year so like part of me does feel bad but that's like that's just how life is like not everybody's gonna have the best day ever every single day yeah it's just gonna work differently for everyone else has that been hard to to navigate has that been hard to like really like truly digest how cool your year was while also seeing the news and twitter and maybe friends and family you know like has that been hard for you to actually sit down and be like oh wow this is like this is what i've worked like my whole life for or since i became a wrestler a little bit especially because there wasn't much opportunity for a lot of things for me for me to be able to do what i've done I didn't really sit down and realize it until probably around the holidays when everything like slowed down or were any shows or anything going on. I didn't have to get ready to sit and look back at my year and realize everything I've done. I, it was hard, but also I was very appreciative of what I've been able to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's something I like to touch on a lot. Like, cause we, no one, like if, if you were to tell me, uh, 
I'm really happy today. No one would be like, hey, Lee, there's this guy over here, Jimmy, he's way happier than you. No one says that. But if you say that you're having a bad day, everyone says, well, Fred has it worse, you know? So why do we do that? You know, I, I never understood that. Like, of course, there's people who have it worse, obviously. There's a lot of bad stuff that happens in the world. Yeah. But for us to be able to help them or be there for them or just to live in a fulfilled life, we have to, we have to validate our own experience and like be proud of like anything that we've done. And for some, those proud moments were just surviving 2020, which is really a great accomplishment for some. It was, you know, fucking living out an amazing dream and, you know, coming into your own as a independent professional wrestler. So I think all of that's extremely important. So it was fun to watch, man, for sure. For me as a, I mean, obviously as a wrestler, but also as just a guy who, like seeing people do really cool shit. It was really fun to watch. I recently watched, um, what did I just watch? I watched, cause I'm a big fan of Daniel Garcia too. I think he's a fucking rock star. Yeah. Um, and so I just watched your guys' match from, I think it was Limitless cause you, you told me to watch it and that was, that was pretty awesome. So if anyone has IWTV, you should watch that one. Yeah. I like Garcia a lot too. Like we started talking and getting to know each other before we ever even met on the show, just because he had wrestled out in Erie and I'm from Pittsburgh. So we kind of got to know each other before then. I've probably known him longer than anyone else from Buffalo. And then we finally met for the first time in person at Limitless and we competed against each other. We've both been mutual fans of each other's styles and everything. That's so cool. That's so cool how wrestling works like that. Yeah. No, we tend to forget how, like, how just, how many connections and like, I don't know how often wrestling like saves people's lives, <laughs> to be honest, you know, we tend to forget that with all the drama and all the really bad stuff that happened with wrestling in 2020, but there's so much good that comes with it too. But anyways, um, so you're from Pittsburgh. Did you watch the game last night? I did not. I don't watch football, but okay. I saw everybody commenting on it and all that. And it's like, even though I don't watch football, I feel like, they were making Pittsburgh look bad, losing that. <laughs> Had to put me in the game real quick or something. Let me do something. Yes. Let's you get an interception or a sack or something. Something to change the tides. Yeah, I saw the score in the first quarter. It was like 24 to nothing. I was, the game just started. How are y'all losing already? Yeah, I saw that too. I was at a coach's meeting last night, and, and my buddy was looking on his phone. He's like, yo, it's 28 to zero. I was like, is it the fourth quarter? Like, no, it's like the first quarter. I was like, oh, <laughs> wow, that's unbelievable. Uh, but it got pretty close at the end. But um, are you a sports fan? Do you watch sports or are you just a wrestling guy? I watch basketball pretty recently. Yeah. Uh, I used to watch hockey. I haven't as much like with the pandemic and everything. I've been just trying to focus on other stuff. But like those two, yeah, I played rugby in high school. So I'll watch Ooh. clips and all like that on YouTube if I can find any. You played rugby in high school. That's really cool. I didn't even know that was a high school sport. For my school, they didn't actually call it a sport. It was a club, but we played oh, okay. sport. I guess they just called it a club because they couldn't fund it like an actual sport. Mm, that's sweet, though. That's a special sport, I mean, I think. Yeah, it's fun. <clears throat> and then... uh. Did you uh did you go to university or college? I went a few years to a community college for graphic design. Yeah. The only reason I couldn't finish it was because at the time I didn't have a car. 
And the way the college work is there's four or five different campuses. And the one for my last class, I couldn't get to because I didn't have a car at the time. And it was a morning class. so The buses wouldn't get there. But I do intend to go back probably either this year or next year. I just have to figure out the transcript things because they don't offer that certificate anymore. I just have to figure out a different one that it translates to. Mm. How old are you? I'm 26. Okay. Yeah, because your graphic design is obviously uh, like a a big part of who you are, but it's also obviously really good. Um, Is that something that you just taught yourself? Or I mean, you just said you went to a little bit of school, but is that something you just learned or what what got you interested in that? Uh, I've been drawing since I was a kid. Before I even wanted to be a wrestler, originally I was going to be a cartoonist, like draw the little characters and all that stuff. But uh, I taught myself how to do graphic design a little bit. Like I bought a uh, one of these drawing tablets right out of high school, and I started doing that. And I picked up a few things when I was in college, but most of it was non-digital related stuff. It was always traditional artwork, like painting and drawing over there. But yeah, a lot of stuff I do now is just my teach myself. If I want to learn how to do something, I just go on YouTube or search Google and figure out how to do it. It's pretty amazing how you can do that now. Yeah, it's really easy. There's so much, like there's, um, there's websites and everything. You can get little tutorials and everything for like $10 and all that. Huh. I've never been a, I, I feel like I don't have like a creative artistic bone in my body. And it, it kind of makes me sad. It makes me sad. You know, because like art is such like a powerful tool to touch people's, you know, souls. And like music is a big part of my life. It's been, it's been a big part of like my healing journey over the last couple of years. And I, and I struggle with uh, like not being able to, well, I, I feel like personally, I don't know if other people feel the way about this, but personally not being able to create something as, as magical as music or like a drawing that like really like, I don't know, that, that touches people. And so I'm trying to figure that out. I don't know what to do about it because podcasts are cool. Right. And like having a conversation is cool. Right. But it's not as, I don't know. I feel like it's not as, I don't know. There's not as much. I don't know. There's something missing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think everyone has like a creative part of their body. It's just figuring out what your medium is. Like I am not very good at painting. I'm trying to get better at it. I'm going to start practicing this year. But there's just stuff I'm better at. Like music, I have no talent for music for real. Everybody has a different medium. You just figure out which one's yours and then kind of focusing in on it, trying to develop it, I guess. Yeah. <clears throat> what kind of stuff did you draw? What kind, what kind of stuff have you always been into drawing? Like what was your inspiration? Uh, I first started drawing. Uh, my dad would give me the Dragon Ball Z VHS tapes and I would draw the characters off of there or Yu-Gi-Oh cards. That's kind of how I learned how to draw at first was, I guess, mimic drawing, which is looking at something and redrawing it. And as I got older, I would draw just stuff I was inspired by, like different musicians like MF Doom, Mac Miller, things like that. I was always into, I guess, like pop culture, pop art style things. My favorite artist is Calls, which is K-A-W-S. He was a graffiti artist and eventually expanded on to more contemporary art. So I like stuff like that a lot. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, I like uh, I like Mac Miller. He's from he's from Pittsburgh, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. And the other guy you mentioned recently passed away, right? Yeah, he passed away on Halloween, and I guess they kept it a secret, and they announced that he passed away December thirty first. And it's really wild because the MF Doom Twitter account, the official one, was still tweeting like he was alive. 
because I guess the wow. family didn't tell whoever was actually running the account from what I heard. But yeah, he passed away way back in October. Just no one knew. Wow. Yeah. That's super intense. Oh, okay. Um, well, damn. Well, shout out to those guys. Um, you know, hopefully they're still making art wherever they are. Yeah. <clears throat> and then so and then so how did the how did the graphic stuff turn into creating your your kind of style in wrestling? Uh, it was just I needed to figure out a way to express myself. When I first started wrestling, I didn't have an idea for who I was. I just wore plain black gear, like got to Yori Shibata and got in the ring and fought. And then I felt like there was always something missing that I needed to develop on. So I took my inspirations like Bruce Lee or uh, my favorite wrestler, Tiger Mask. I figured out to combine them with stuff like Wu-Tang Clan. And then just my interest, like I like these colors. So I always stuck for like pink and yellow. Yellow represents Pittsburgh and pink. I always felt it was a good contrast. And I just kept expanding on stuff I like, like the adult swim aesthetic or low fire vaporwave visuals. I just kept trying to experiment and see how I can make myself look differently because you can present yourself differently on social media than you can in the ring because you have other tools. And I feel like that helped me stand out a lot, mm. especially when no shows were running at all. Like now it's limited, but there was the point where there was nothing running. So I had to figure out a way to keep busy, keep my mind busy and stand out. And I was just practicing a lot of design and editing those three months when everything shut down. Did you, did you see anything like this happening in 2020 that it happened to you? Did you, is that how you imagined it or pictured it or what was, did you set some goals in 2020 and like those kind of got reimagined into what actually happened or? Kind of. My only goal for 2020 was really just to wrestle in Japan. Mm. Obviously that didn't happen because everything shut down. Sure. But I definitely didn't expect to get to the level where I am now where people are praising me so highly or I'm facing guys that I looked up to. I wrestled Alex Shelley before everything shut down in that submission match. And I thought that was it for the year. I thought, cause I knew how things were, they were saying everything's just going to shut down for like a month or two. I knew people weren't going to like kind of be accepting of that. So I knew it was just going to keep getting extended more and more. I thought my year in wrestling was done. And then in June I got invited to GCW and I competed there. And then throughout, I just got to face more and more people that I really admired and looked up to, like ACH and Gresham, which I didn't think was going to happen. So it's really cool stuff or wrestling for impact and all that. Yes. <clears throat> I'm, as a guy from Texas, I'm super glad to see H ACH back on his feet, just doing, being a, you know, being one of the best wrestlers in the world. Um, so that's super cool. I'm glad to see him doing that. I've seen him like maybe twice the last couple months uh, just at random shows and stuff. So it's good to see him smiling again. Um, but that's cool. That's really cool. So like I have a, I have a thing about goals. Like I think goals are good, but they're also like kind of pointless at the same time. You know what I mean? So, cause, cause we're at the new year. A lot of people are making new year's resolutions, which are awesome. I think there should be a, an intention for your year. But I think what people get mixed up about goals is that they, they make goals that are out of their control. Yeah. Like, I'm, I want to get a promotion in 2021. Well, that's 
pretty much out of your control. Like you don't have any say of whether or not that guy gives you a promotion. What you do have control over is your work ethic, your attitude, the things you learn, things like that. <clears throat> um, so I don't know. I just kind of want to hear someone else's thoughts on, on goals and, and how they plan for the future and kind of what intentions they set for. You seem like a, like a guy who has a lot of aspirations and dreams and goals and who is driven. And so I just want to, I don't know. I like to pick people's brains about that. Yeah, uh, I kind of think the same way. I don't know if it was Bruce Lee, but I think it was. But there's a quote from somebody, and it's goals aren't always meant to be met. It's just something to aim at. And when you're trying to achieve those goals, you accomplish other things along the way. Mm. So, um, like I set a bunch of goals, and I might not accomplish them, but because I'm working so hard to get to something that's so high, there's other things I'm going to hit along the way. So I never think, like, if I don't reach something, I failed. It's just I'll just keep going until I get there. I don't set exactly time time limits on what I'm trying to do. I just know I'm going to get there one day, and we'll just see how fast I can get there. But I'm not in a rush. I just want to do things at my pace. Yeah. Yeah, it's well said. Um, there's a thing in – I mean, I played sports my whole life. I was a baseball player. Um up until I basically wasn't good enough to play pro ball. Uh, but uh, anyways, in baseball, it's a lot. I mean, or in sports just in general, but I know specifically about baseball because I studied like the mental portion of the game, which is more important than possibly the physical portion of the game because there's so much failure involved in baseball. But they always talk about like process over outcome and today plus today plus today plus today plus today you know, equals the, the end result. Cause for a sports team, the end result is always win a championship. Like it doesn't really, like it doesn't really change, but at the beginning of the off season, like, you know, you, you can't win a championship at the beginning of the off season, but it's like what you do every single day to get like 1% better is the, is the resulting outcome, which could not be a championship, but it could be a, you know, a fulfilling season, you know, whatever, like the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, you know, they started off the season 11 and 0 and lost in the first round of the playoffs. You know, they didn't picture it that way, but that's just how that's just how it works sometimes. So, yeah, I think that's totally true. Yeah, it's always like I have 10 goals for this year, and I made a little graphic about it. If I meet them, that's cool. If not, that's cool too. But it's just something to work towards. So I don't feel like I'm not as motivated, or I'm just comfortable where I'm at right now. And I set goals that are would seem maybe unrealistic, but if I can achieve them, that's great. Yeah, I saw that graphic. It was sweet. Thank you. Um, do you want to share a few of those, like the few of the ones that, that mean a lot to you? The goals? Yeah. Uh, uh, I only say one because I keep, like, all of them secret until I unlock them, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But one of them is to wrestle in pro wrestling gorilla. Mm. I was the independent promotion I grew up watching the most. I remember as soon as I would get that notification or as soon as I would be on YouTube, usually they would do it Monday nights, but they would post the highlights from the most recent shows and just watching it over and over and over again. So that's definitely a big goal of mine if they're able to run this year is to get to Pro Wrestling Gorilla. Yeah, those highlights are unbelievable. <laughs> and then you watch the show and it's like, no, nah, the highlights don't just show like the best of. I saw like the whole matches are just crazy like that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, the intensity, the speed, you know, the movements, all that stuff is, is wild. Um, 
Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Good. I want to. We'll take a quick break from you. We'll talk about. Uh, we'll talk about Weeder Yuta for a second because that's my. That's my homeboy. Uh, I. Uh, I lived in Philadelphia for. I live in Dallas right now. That's where I'm from. But I lived in Philadelphia for a couple years. Um, and me and Yuta lived together. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, he. Uh, yeah, he knows a lot of people. He like talks to a lot of people. You know, whatever. People know you know, which is cool. And so he introduced me to a lot of cool people. And obviously, we don't live together anymore, which is sad. I haven't seen him since December of last year. But I think I'm going to see him in two weeks because he's coming down to Texas for a show. Oh, the, um, the Lucha Libre versus USA thing? Yeah, like all these cool, really cool dudes. Yeah. So hopefully, all of them come over to my house after the show and we could just have a few beers and shoot the shit. But uh, um, And so we were just we, – Yuda likes to talk wrestling, obviously, because he loves it. And uh, I like to talk wrestling with him. And he was talking about you and your match with Shelly. And I think before that, I didn't really, I hadn't really seen, I hadn't watched a lot of AIW, so I didn't know much about it. And so I obviously watched that match. And then I did like the next week, I think I did like a, a seminar with Shelly or like the week before it was either swapped. I'm not sure. Yeah. And then I feel like it came full circle. And then I talked to you about it and I was like, yo, Lee is awesome. And then he was, and then you went on like this little, you know, like monologue about you for like a couple minutes. <laughs> I feel like through, through the phone I could see him like smiling and blushing a little bit so that was really cute um, <laughs> and then uh, yeah and then I recently watched your match with, with Daniel Garcia and obviously kind of have, have followed you since then um, but uh, you know really long winded th thing to say that we're just shout out to Wheeler Yuta um, and uh, he'll listen to this episode and uh, yeah I love him yeah, I've been a fan of Yuta for a while because I used to watch him and Beyond. And then when he was with MLW, I've always been a fan of like his stuff. And he's always really clean and crispy. And then getting to meet him at AIW and work with him later in Beyond during the summer. And that was oh yeah, just yeah, yeah. I watched that match too. Yeah, um, he got super. He got super ripped, which I'm pumped about. <laughs> yeah. And and I saw the picture like him flexing in the Ring of Honor promo picture, and he's just like super cut everywhere. It's, it's yeah, because nice. when we used to live together, man, I would come home at like maybe I shouldn't share this, but maybe I will anyways. Whatever, uh, I would come home from like the gym or like work or whatever, and he would just be like, he would just be like halfway through like a, a bottle of red wine, <laughs> just like by himself on the couch, just chilling. I'd be like dude, what's up? He's like, oh, I don't know, just having some wine. And then we would drink together and then we would order some food at like one in the morning and then we'd wake <laughs> up the next day and be like, damn, we got to go back to the gym. He's like, I got to change my diet. And I guess he finally did. And now he's absolutely ripped and working with Ring of Honor and doing super cool stuff. And I'm excited to see him. Yeah, he's always been really good. And it's cool seeing it all pay off now. Right? Yeah. So sometimes it takes longer than others, you know, but uh, I feel like everyone, well, not everyone, that's that's overgeneralizing it, but if you stick to it, I think there's there's uh, someone's going to give you your flowers. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's uh, uh yeah. Eddie, King Eddie Kingston is signed to AEW now, and it was years and years and years, and it's paid off. He's Jesus, really good at his job, and and being a good person, and being open and honest and real, and yeah, I yeah. I would love to have him on this show and just talk about some really deep stuff. That'd be awesome. Um, yeah, it's amazing. But it also depends on what your like what your um, your definition of success is. Like where you like for a lot of us, 
just having one professional wrestling match is a dream come true. And I think it should be for most of us. You know what I mean? Because we were fans for such a long time and we're like, I want to do this. And then you have one wrestling match and you're like, okay, you did do it. That's a dream come true. Like that's wild, you know? And then obviously there's, there's more layers to that where you can go beyond and, and move forward from that. But that's what I think at least. Yeah, I agree. Did you um did you watch Wrestle Kingdom? I didn't watch all of it yet, but I watched like the big matches. I watched uh Ibushi and Naito from night one and then Okada and Osprey. So and I really like both those matches. I saw have to go back and finish the rest, but yeah. I watched uh I watched Okada and Osprey. They always have good matches. Um then I also I like Shingo. Shingo's like my favorite wrestler. <laughs> yeah, he's the definitely- yeah. Yeah, he's amazing. So I watched Shingo and Jeff Cobb because Jeff Cobb's obviously really good too. And that match was awesome. Yeah. I don't know how he held him up in his um he held him up in his uh in his finish. Uh, I forgot made in Japan for like six seconds and then he dropped him. Jeff Cobb and Jeff Cobb's his hands are all tied. There's nothing for him to grab onto. And he's like just I'm like, all right, Shingo, what's up? Just getting after it. Uh getting after it in the gym like a wild man. Yeah, I think Shingo is like one of the most perfect wrestlers in terms of all around having the complete package. I always love watching his matches because I think he works well with anybody of any body type or any style. I agree. I agree. Um, Speaking of getting in the gym, um, you're obviously in good shape. Um, I've been a personal trainer for a long time. Physical fitness has been a part of my life for a really long time. Uh, And so I'm always interested in how other guys – work out like what's your mindset when you get to the gym like what are you working for is there any specifically that you're trying to change with your body right now like what's going on uh usually i just work out to function well and like i want to look like i belong in a wrestling ring in the sense that i don't want somebody to come up on the street and like i tell them i'm a pro wrestler like really you're an athlete like i want to at least look like it's somewhat believable and like the way wrestling is nowadays you can look any way you really want to, as long as you can function and keep the other person safe. But that's always been my thing is to like look like an athlete. And uh, the way I work out is I usually four to five times a week, I do cardio every other day. Cause I realized like I was a lot of experimenting during the pandemic where everything is shut down. And I realized what works best for my body. And it's like, if I did too much cardio, cause I burn a lot of, calories really easily for some reason i don't know it's just my body type so i had to figure out how to cut down on certain things and even now uh shelly is helping me kind of reach my next goal which is to add five pounds of muscle but and even uh when i did the collective the way i prepare for big things like that is i'll go vegetarian for an entire week just to kind of lean out and get rid of any toxins from meat mm. i change my diet sometimes too but usually it's just pretty normal does um just going uh, vegetarian for that week? It doesn't affect your cardiovascular at all. It had it didn't for me. So wrestling those six matches at the collective, I didn't feel tired or anything. Even at the end, I had to work the next day, which is why I couldn't be there on Sunday, and mm-hmm. I wasn't sore or anything, which is wild thinking like the total allotted match time I had. But yeah, it's really I don't know if I'll be a vegetarian full-time but it's something i'm thinking about because i did feel really good after wrestling all those matches and getting ready that's interesting that's what what made you decide that you wanted to do that a week before was it something you read 
Uh, I had done it a few other times. So a couple years ago, I injured my knee a little bit in a match. It wasn't bad enough that I needed like to take time off of surgery, but it was bugging me. And I just did some research and reading like how there's stuff in red meat sometimes, unless you get like the healthier versions of it. And if you cut that out, it can help you heal. So I remember I took a week off of no meat or anything and my knee was feeling really good. So anytime I have a, like a rough injury or I feel like I need to prepare for something like a long stretch of matches, I'll just be vegetarian for a week just to get ready. Mm. I think that's obviously everybody's body's different. So you got to figure out what works for you. I think that I found what works for me and getting ready and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. You have to experiment a little bit for sure. Mm. Um, yeah. I was listening to a podcast about running a marathon and obviously the food they eat like the night before is super important. And, uh, one lady was saying how she experimented too. One time she ate the wrong food and she basically blacked out the last four miles of the race because their food was like messing with her. And she had no recollection of the last four miles of the race. And there's a picture of her at the end of the race where she's just like laying down on the floor and she looked at the photo and had no idea that it happened. She finished. And I'm like, wow, I didn't. So yeah, obviously the food you eat is, is wildly important. Um, so that's cool. Yeah, you got to experiment with that. And then do you change up your, like getting, let's say just getting prepped for the collective since you had so many matches. Did you change up your workout routine at all? Um, are you a yoga person? Like what's, what's recovery like? What's, what's before your match time like? I do like yoga or Tai Chi sometimes, but it's more of for my mind, not yeah. necessarily my body. Cause I've generally always been a flexible person because when I was younger, I did a lot of Taekwondo. Mm. So I've always been able to have that and I've maintained that flexibility and I always stretch before training or wrestling. And uh, for working out, I would just do a lot of hit workouts for my heart rate and cardio and everything like that. And I think that helped me a lot because you can run for a long period of time, but it's not as much up and downs as it is in a wrestling ring, how there's up and downs. Yeah. Yeah, for those that don't know what hit training is, it's high high intensity training, and um, wrestling is unique to prep to train for um, because uh, it's just different. Like you can be you can get on the treadmill and do twenty five minutes on the treadmill and feel nothing, right? And then go into a twenty five minute match and it's like it's, yeah. it's not the same at all. That's why that's why people are super into like uh, like CrossFit style type workouts for wrestling right um you got to be careful with those because they can be dangerous if you're not uh familiar with the movements and stuff but the idea of like sprinting for 30 seconds doing a deadlift and then a burpee and then a squat like all those things and then taking a break right all of those things are something you're going to do in a match because at some point you're going to need to sprint or go fast at some point you're going to need to pick up another human you know at some point you need to get off the ground and up on the ground and off the ground and get on the ground and get back on the ground and get off, off the ground. And then you just, and then you just want to be able to control your body weight. And so those types of workouts are, uh, are super important. Um, so yeah, cause a lot of my listeners aren't, aren't wrestling fans. Cause yeah, well, cause I just, I'm, I'm in another space more heavily than I am in wrestling. But, um, for those that aren't familiar with that, or if we're looking for a new workout plan, hit workouts are really good. AMRAPs are really good. But be very careful with the uh, the selection of your workouts because it is intense. And so if you're not familiar with those workouts or 
your body's not ready to go, um, it'll do more harm than it'll do good. But anyways, off my tangent, back to you. <laughs> no, that's good. I didn't know that that it could be harmful. I guess like I've just always been in shape, so it was easier for me to translate to it. But yeah, I didn't know that. So that's good information. Yeah, like, you know, if uh if you never run a box jump before and you're just gonna leap onto a box, yeah. like that's scary. You know what I mean? That's scary. Or if you don't if you're not familiar with how to do a squat or what a hip hinge is or where like your knees should be in relation to your 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 ankles or your feet, you know, all that stuff is is dangerous. And then if you're especially if you're brand new to a workout routine and then you get hurt your first day, you're never going to go back, you know? Yeah. And so we want to try to avoid that because we want people to go to the gym. Exercise and fitness and just moving your body is one of the, the absolute best things you can do, not only for your physical whatever, but obviously for your it's more benefit for your mental health. For yeah. me, that's that's what keeps me in the gym. It's my it's just where I feel like I can just like and breathe and be with myself. Um, but yeah. So you said Tai Chi and yoga were kind of more for your mind. Do you want to go kind of in on that about more stuff that you do for your, maybe for your mental health or your mindset or how you develop that? Yeah. So it's really just being alone with myself because I grew up with three siblings and in a house. So there's always people around me in my house. So I don't really have alone time. I like to, like a lot of times when I go to shows, I'll travel by myself. I don't mind it. I'll travel in groups of cars, but when I have to travel by myself like eight hours or something, I don't mind it because it's time for me to just be by myself and think. Oh, also, I'll like just listen to lo-fi music like in a blacked out room. So even if I open my eyes, I can't see anything. So it's easier for me to clear my head. Uh, there's like a steam thing. I don't know necessarily what it's called, but you put like this oil in there and the steam and smell fills your room with the smell and everything. Uh, Rizza from the Wu-Tang Clan, he recently came out with a meditation album type thing. And it's just like, he'll talk you through these things to doing your mind and it just takes your brain to somewhere else. It's really cool. I do stuff like that a lot just to help That's people. Awesome. Is that something you developed yourself or to something that someone taught you or you grew up that way or like what was, where did that come from? I think I developed, I figured out how to do it for me myself as I got older. When I was a kid, I was pretty hyper and I was always active. But as I got older, like once I graduated high school, I started to chill out a little bit more and relax because like I dealt with depression and stuff. Like I honestly think 2020 was the first year I didn't have a depressive episode where I was just like feeling really, really down, which is another reason I kind of felt guilty about having such a great year because I know a lot of people were going through that, especially when things first shut down. But it was just figuring out how to be at peace with myself. So I just experimented and figured out what I could do to relax and clear my mind, especially with a busy schedule. Like I do a lot. I go to work 40 hours, like everyone, um, and I do graphic design and then I do wrestle. So I don't always have a lot of free time. So when I can figure out how to fit that in, I just do that and relax. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, when you When you really started getting alone with your thoughts, were they – were they uncomfortable at first? Did you have some scary thoughts? Like, how did you move past that, that barrier? Because most people don't start a meditation routine is because their first 30 seconds of thoughts are, are very dark and scary. And, and you just kind of, kind of let those pass. Like, was that something that was a challenge for you or you didn't, you didn't struggle with that? It was a challenge for me because it was just, even when I was wrestling, like how we were talking about wrestling saves a lot of people. Wrestling definitely helped me and it gave me a reason to keep going forward. 
Cause like, I just wanted to get here. I just wanted to pass my trial, get to my first match. And it helped me a lot because before wrestling, I was pretty much always like at least once a week, I was feeling really, really down and it was hard for me to be by myself. Mm. But as I got older with wrestling, I figured out how to just relax and calm down and chill out and just think like all this stuff is temporary. It's like that feeling in your mind is just always temporary and it'll go away, but you just have to push through it. Don't force yourself to like force a smile on your face because now you're faking an emotion, which people do because like you're at work or something and you have to because you don't want to always share your stuff. But don't feel the need that you need to be 100% okay right now. Just take a minute for yourself and you'll get there. Yeah, I love that. That's amazing. <clears throat> um, because, yeah, I mean, like you said, a lot of a lot of 2020, 2020, there was a basically it came it came to light that there's a mental health crisis in this country. You know, not only are more people feeling depressed and anxious, but there's very little access to care. Um, and not only if there is access to care, you have to it's like a luxury item, like going to a therapist is like a luxury item. Right. And so that can't be the case, um, especially in, uh, you know, like lower income communities, uh, you know, in black families, Latino families. Is that something that like, how do you like, what's your, like, how do you feel about that? Like, what do you think can be done with people growing up? You know, I don't know if you have younger siblings or younger cousins, but like, what would you tell them about that and, and uh, moving forward? I think, especially like when you're a guy and you're a black man, like being, being depressed is something you don't talk about at all. Mm-hmm. Like you don't share that stuff at all. So it's hard to get used to being able to open up to someone else and talk about it. I was fortunate enough that I, like the only other person I told that I, I was dealing with depression was my mom. I talked to her about that, but beyond that, I just kind of handle it within myself. Mm-hmm. Not everybody's going to be able to do that. So you just have to kind of figure out if there's someone you can go to and trust you have to find the right therapist. Like not every therapist is going to be for you because every therapist has a different style, but also you just got to know it's going to take time. And um, it's definitely, I hope there's something that can be done for it because when everything shut down in 2020, you realize like a lot of stuff we were doing was, wasn't just for fun. It was a mental escape. Like when wrestling wasn't happening, you saw like a lot of people breaking down because they couldn't go to shows. That was their only escape. So it's figuring out how to, if you don't have that escape, how to deal with what's going on in your mind. Yeah. Yeah, we have a tough time as as men saying that we're not okay, you know. Um, and it's even deeper rooted in some other communities. Obviously, I'm not, I'm not part of the black community, you know. But <laughs> that's weird to say, <laughs> to say out loud. <laughs> Anyways, um, but I mean, no, my point being is that like, we can't, we can't preach, like open up about your mental health and then give people no places to go. You know what I mean? Okay. So now I'm being vulnerable. I'm opening up, but now I'm just, I'm still left alone because I I can't, I have no help. No one's here for me. You know what I mean? And so you're totally right. We have to find just one person in our life that we can say, Hey, mom, dad, sister, brother, friend, cousin whatever uh tree branch if there's really no one there and you feel like talking to your dog or whatever um just one person to let them know that this is your real true honest feelings and 
and then finding your own i talk about mental health finding a mental health toolkit a lot and so like that's where that's where that comes into play because yeah. people all generally only want to seek help when they're really in like a deep crisis like what we were in all of 2020 and so what's important is figuring out what works for you when you're not in crisis because when you're in crisis everything is bad everything sucks and that's true because you're in like a deep spiral so when you're when you're feeling decent or okay that's when you kind of have to try to start to write things down figure out what works for you and uh and do exactly what you said so yeah thanks for sharing that man i appreciate that it helped me a lot talking about it too so like knowing other people go through it it helps it does help yeah i run a um i run a few support groups um via my uh my mental health nonprofit, and uh and they're just I mean, they're just basically hangouts, right? We just hang out for a few hours and it's all just to show other people that you're not alone. Like we all have, we all have different human experiences. We all go through different stuff. Like me and you didn't go through the same things, but what could be the same is the resulting emotion. You went through that experience. I went through this experience, but we're both feeling disappointed, sad, and alone. There's some safety in that. Now I can be like, oh, okay. He went through something different than me, but he feels the same way. That's cool. It's not cool that we both went through that, but it's cool that we both can bond and connect through that, through that resulting emotion. And so that's what, that's what it all come boils down to. And I think that just like open mindedness and empathy and understanding can at least bridge the gap to a lot of the unrest that we're feeling today in our society. Yeah. But a lot of, yeah, a lot of really, yeah, current events have been wild lately. I don't know if you want to touch on any of those, but we can just keep it at that. Yeah, I I wasn't even online. Like, I try to keep my time online limited now because I like I get the little report like your screen time, and I realize like how much I was on my my phone. Mm-hmm. So I've been trying to down on that lately. Last week, when everything was going on, like stuff at the Capitol, I didn't know what happened until like a couple of days later, and I got on Twitter and I saw what happened. It's just like it, it, everything happens just co- so quickly, like out of nowhere, something can happen like that. And it's crazy because it can affect people's minds when it happens just all of a sudden. Yeah. Like all of it at once. Yeah. Yeah. It comes at you, it comes at you full force. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't have any answers. I, I hope someone does. Uh, yeah. But. It is what it is. I mean, that's weird. Actually, that's actually a weird. I don't like that. That's not. It shouldn't be that. It shouldn't. I shouldn't have to say that. It shouldn't be. It is what it is. That's that's bullshit. Actually, um, yeah, it makes me upset that I just said that. Um, but I mean, I think I'm an optimistic guy. I think it can get better. You know, but it starts within each of us. Each of us recognizing where our faults are, and where our biases are, and where we've gone wrong, and how we can change those things inside of us, and have more understanding and deeper conversations and, and try to bridge the gap between people that live on the same planet, you know, yeah. and trying to do the same things, just be more happy and more fulfilled, really just trying to survive, to be honest. And we can all do that together better if we're together, I think. Um, but that's where my head's at at least. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> Anyways, let's talk, uh, let's talk a little more wrestling though, to keep it, keep it a little lighter for the rest of the episode. Uh, I want to know your. I want to know your three favorite matches that you had in 2020. 
if you can sum it up because you had a lot of sick ones a lot of really good ones uh i don't know if you can sum it up to three because that's hard probably but i'm gonna put you on the spot anyways it's hard i don't necessarily know if there's a top three but there's definitely three that are like important to me personally like the submission match with alex shelley for sure this was my first uh Big match, I guess, like AIW on a big scale, then live on IWTV. It was the end of our trilogy to be in a submission match, like a stipulation. Because originally, when Shelly and I faced the first time in November, that was just a one off thing. And then uh, the promoter enjoyed it so much, we had the rematch, and then Shelly wanted the third match. So the fact that he wanted it and then we got it, and remember that being like in front of that big crowd. And the reaction, someone told me that there was a fan crying at the end of the match. And it's like, they, I don't know how we can invoke that emotion from somebody. That's really cool. Because they were just like so excited or happy or what? Yeah, from me winning, me beating Shelly and just like the emotion because of the story we told throughout the entire thing. Because every match was a little bit different. Like the first match was a filling out process and it's like a straightforward wrestling match. The second match was much more aggressive, and it was a lot of him just beating me up and putting me through the ringer. And then the final one was that big payoff of me overcoming this big icon of professional wrestling who's done everything. And I think the week before, two weeks before I had wrestled him, he was on NXT in the tag team tournament. So it was just like a lot there. And then the uh, two of them, the other two, I'd say, happened at the collective. The one was against ACH. Because he's one of the guys I looked up to, like Alex Shelley in the Motor City Machine Guns. And there's stuff I do in the ring that you can see is like influenced by ACH. Like there's a mm-hmm. leg I do, my guy from ACH. So it, I was really excited to see him come back in uh, July for GCW and then be able to wrestle him at For the Culture. That event was really cool. So that's always special to me because AJ put me in that match because he knew how much I looked up to ACH and get to work with him. And then the final one I would say is against Gresham because this was, I took influence from Gresham, but this was like everyone else's dream match. Anytime someone would say like, who do you want to see Lee face? It was Gresham. Mm-hmm. So for that to finally get to happen and then happen at spring break for me to have a singles match on a show as big as that. And I'm new to GCW is they put a lot of trust in me to go out there and compete with Gresham. And that was the only match Gresham had wrestled at the collective. So that made it even more special. He wasn't like a lot of us who were having multiple matches. He had one and he had to show out and I did too. And I was happy. I was able to kind of keep up with someone as good as him because he's definitely one of the best wrestlers in the world. His playbook is vast and probably as big as anyone's. So I think those are like the three I felt like mean a lot to me personally and professionally. I felt like they elevated me. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, yeah, I've watched all of those except for your one with Gresham. Uh, I don't know if that's on IWTV yet. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know. But anyways, yeah, Gresham's mad cool. I like how he's doing the foundation thing. That's sweet. Yeah. Um, I hope Yuda's in it. I don't know if he will be, but... I feel like he might be, because like the first match in the tournament was them two, and then the first ever Pure Rolls tag match was him and Yehi against their guy. So I feel like... It's got to be coming. I don't know, but it's got to be coming. Yeah. 
and then he's doing this show in Texas with like pure wrestlers against that. So I feel like, yeah. 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 It seems, it seems to be going that way, but I don't know, but hopefully, um, that's cool though. Those are three really cool matches. Um, do you have a, um, I don't want to say dream opponent, but someone that, you know, because you obviously those three guys, you were able to kind of see what level you're at. And obviously you could hang with all three of them. And so that gives you a good trajectory going forward. Is there someone else that you feel like you really have to test yourself against? Because I feel like that's the kind of wrestler you are, you know, you, you want to test yourself even more just up and up and up. But who's someone that you really feel like realistically right now, because you can realistically wrestle anyone in the world um, when everything's normal, because every promotion kind of is, you're just independent guy. You can just go wherever and do whatever, but yeah, <clears throat> it's true. You can, I mean, look at Alex Shelley. He wrestled for like all three of the top. <laughs> yeah, that's true, yeah. Chris Bay did it like a year ago too. He wrestled for like everyone in like a week setting. It was wild. Super yeah. cool. Um, but, uh, yeah. So who's, who's, who's up there for you on someone you would like to really test yourself against? There's, there's two. There's one of my biggest influences is Chris hero. Mm. So, like the, he's like the dream match. He's the one, like, I really want to have before either he decides to hang it up or I'm out. I feel like he'll be wrestling forever or he'll be around wrestling in some capacity because he's just the genius. And I remember when he was in NXT, he was like a player's coach. So he was helping guys while being in the ring with them. So I feel like I would be able to learn a lot from him in terms of pacing and how to um, make my strikes mean more because mm. I feel like he's really good at that. I think Chris Hero is all time one of the greatest strikers in professional wrestling. So I would like to learn a lot from him because he's also one of those like vast playbooks like Gresham. And then the other one would be another Chris. It's Chris Brooks, who's currently in Japan right now doing his thing. And I've always been a fan of him. And he's always been inspired by him because he's also another artist who's also yeah, a pro wrestler. So, and I think our styles are kind of a little bit similar because of our body types. We're like the long, lanky guys who are into the technical stuff but he also gets to do a lot of the comedy like when he does the figure four going down the water slide or he's playing soccer against the giant elephant and i really want to do more comedy stuff and i want to figure out how to do the comedy stuff that people still take me very seriously like they do tris brooks like he can insert himself in anything whether it's comedy death matches technical wrestling so i want to figure out how to do that not death matches though i mean you're already you're already the scariest wrestler that i know so it's fine <laughs> um no i think the chris hero match would be amazing i hope he's still wrestling right because i hope i mean he obviously hasn't done much this year but he's probably just chilling and enjoying his time off um but he's amazing yeah he uh because normally when like for someone like him like he obviously does with the elbow like better than anyone ever has ever done it and normally when someone does the same move over and over again it like loses its it loses its, its knockout power. But for him, it was like never changed. He could hit it twice and then he would like roll this way or drop you off his shoulders and then people would still believe that it would be a knockout. It was like, all right, you figured it out. So that's amazing. Yeah, I always thought it was cool about him. He just had, it seemed like anytime he would go somewhere, he would have new way of hitting the elbow. Like I remember if he was NXT, he would hit the ropes and the guy would be laying on the ropes and they'd come back and he would dive him in the back of the head. And I was like, it's so cool. It's the way I've never thought about hitting an elbow. And he's always comes up with a different way of doing it. Yeah. Have you ever met him? 
I haven't met him. We've talked a little bit because uh, one of the guys that like helped him growing up, his name is Shirley Doe. He's like a guy here in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. He's stayed with him a little bit. So I've Doe has relayed my like admiration of him to him or uh, Joaquin Wilder, DJZ, the same thing. Like Hero helped DJZ out a lot and DJZ helped me out a lot. And then I remember during the pandemic, I just drew a picture for fun. It was like Chris Hero. Uh, it was like a Spider-Man comic book cover thingy. And he saw that and he reached out to me and we talked a little bit there. That's super cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, Chris Brooks. I like Chris Brooks because I've wrestled in the uh, in the UK quite a few, not quite a few times, a couple of times. Quite a few would be an overstatement, but a few times. And I'm, I've obviously met Chris Brooks and I met him at, when I was with WXW as well. And uh, one of the most genuine, nicest guys, also a fucking brilliant artist and like a master with merchandise. Yeah. What he's done with uh, Death by Roll Up and uh, I can't ever say his team's name. Brandon um, Freud or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. What he's done with that is is absolutely magical and brilliant. And yeah, so yeah, that'd be a cool match. You guys should just like have a draw off or something. Yeah. <laughs> Who can make the coolest tea and then put it on your website? That would be cool. But I'd love to see those. Yeah, I'm excited about that. That's cool. Those are cool. Yeah. I like how, like, you think about that shit, though. Like, actually think about it. Like, it means something to you. Yeah. All of my, like, dream matches, there's a reason I want them. It's not just because, like, they're the most talked about wrestler. They're hyped up. There's a reason I feel like I can grow and learn from them. So I want that match. Yeah, I feel like that's a theme throughout your life. And that's really cool to see. Um, let's, uh, let's end this, um, this, this episode, just give me, give me like, what, what, what do you feel like your current, your current state of, of indie wrestling is, you know, where, where do you, what do you think kind of still needs to be done or what do you, where do you see it going like in 2021? Like what, just, just give me a little bit. I think indie wrestling has been able to stay afloat but it's hard to really have like a big boom right now. So I think right now it's just figuring out how to keep people safe and having shows happen. So we can continue to have things like a lot of the places I wrestle at, you have to get tested before you wrestle there or there's always walking around checking to make sure you have your mask on backstage or whatever. Um, so I think that's a big thing just figuring out how to keep everyone safe if we're going to continue to run. And then another thing is just, opportunities for everybody it's not just like one group of people it's just getting everyone out. i think that's happening a lot more now because you see how many big promotions there are you see how many people are getting signed there's a lot of open spots to keep independent wrestling growing it's just finding the right people and it's also holding certain things accountable like you can't let everybody get away with certain things or let certain things slide anymore because mm-hmm. everybody's watching everybody's paying attention so you got to uphold a standard we got to I don't want to say uphold a standard, but create a new standard for what should be going on in a professional wrestling company. I totally agree. And I think there's some brilliant people at the forefront of all of that, trying to create and uphold the change that we deem necessary um, to make it the best that we want it to be. Cause we all love it and we want to see it thrive and succeed. And we also want to see it be safe, you know, yeah for everyone and uh yeah so i think that's a that's a good way to end it um so 
Dude, I, I, um, I really appreciate you coming on and talking to me. This was really nice. I feel like we know each other now. Uh, yeah. Whenever we do actually uh, actually meet in person, it'll, it won't be weird. And we won't do like this <laughs> weird like fist bump thing, hug, possible elbow deal. Uh, or maybe it will. Or maybe it'll be just as hilarious. But, uh, but man, yeah, I appreciate you doing this, taking the time. Uh, it's nice to talk to you for sure. Yeah, I like talking to you too. It was fun. Cool. Um, uh, what's today's day? Is the uh, January 11th. So usually uh, I film like four weeks ahead of time. So this will come out in like four weeks. So sometime in, in February. Um, but yeah, if you want to plug any of your socials, um, let's do that now. And then uh, and that'll be it. Yeah, uh, you can find me on Instagram or Twitter at Apex of Combat. And then YouTube will be just my name, Lee Moriarty. Sweet. Um, thanks everyone for watching. Follow Lee. Go to IWTV. Watch his matches. Um, I might have one on there if you want to watch him. It's not that important though. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but anyways, yeah, I appreciate you watching. Um, if you like this episode, share with a friend. Subscribe, like, comment, all that good stuff. Um, I hope you have the best day ever and uh, take good care of yourself. Cheers.